Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. In this season, we will be having a rotating roster of co-hosts. No matter who's sitting beside me in the hosting chair, we're still just two people trying to live our best diabetic lives. Every week, we'll tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we may offer tips and tricks, we are not medical professionals. However, we offer anecdotes and general thoughts on how to embrace a type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not easy to do with all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, Emily here, and this week's special co-host is none other than Rob Howe. Is that how you pronounce it, Rob? SOS. That is, yeah. You did. You nailed it. Oh my god, truly blessed. So Rob has his own diabetes podcast, but we thought we'd do a little, we'll have him over here like we did back in season one or two. I got to pull that up. I'm struggling today, pals. Apologies. Um, Rob is the person behind Diabetics Doing Things. We'll link to them on our website. Definitely go check them out. He has some really cool diabetics. I can't even talk. Jesus Christ. Diabetics on all the time. So we're trying to discuss a few things today, but first let me welcome you. Hello, Rob. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. I love my pals. We love our Rob. This is like SOS guys. So if anyone who's been following my personal account, you can see that I am buried in market under white dresses as that's the only sentence I'm capable of saying. I work for a bridal magazine and it's our market and I've been uh, running around Manhattan for New York Bridal Fashion Week. So that's why I sound really bizarre today. So apologies, but I'm here for you pals and I'm excited Rob's here and I'm going to try and stay on topic without losing my mind. And so. you know, you buried the lead there because this is like the official New York Bride Fashion Week episode. It's like yeah, featuring, yeah, featuring me, an expert on bridal fashion. <laughs> Your girlfriend better watch out. She should, uh, if she, if you know that ever happens down the line, reach out. I got y'all covered. Yeah, you're you're the plug. You're the bridal plug now. So that's uh, I truly that's, am. That's your role in everyone's life. It is. Uh, we're kidding, but I'm not kidding. Oh, we'll discuss it later. Anyway, so we have a few topics we want to hit on today that does not have to do with bridal. Thank the good Lord. Um, the first one that we're we're going to try and discuss a little bit with is um, T1D and mental health. We all deal with it in different ways, and I'm pretty open about how I am a firm believer in anyone with a chronic illness should have a support system and or anyone in general, to be honest. But um, therapy for me has been my number one for dealing with my mental health and type one. But Rob, how do you deal with mental health and type one diabetes as you've had it a lot longer than I have? Well, I think something that we should cover beforehand is that if you have type 1 diabetes, you are three times as likely to suffer from anxiety or depression as someone without it. So if you're feeling anxious or depressed or you're kind of up and down, like don't beat yourself up about it. That's a super, super, super normal thing. And uh, I think sometimes there's a little bit of guilt around that sometimes. And that can even just continue to add to the sort of avalanche of uh, emotions around mental health. So Take care of yourself, but know that you're totally normal if you're experiencing those things, and it is okay. 
Uh, okay, so I'm... I'm yes, 100%. <laughs> also, mental health is so stigmatized, and whether you have a chronic illness or not, everyone's going through something. Life ain't easy, and it always drives me insane when I like bring it up in some capacity, and people aren't as chill as you, Rob. You gotta... You know, you got to talk about stuff in order for people to be more chill with it. Well, and that's something I talk so. about a lot, I think, especially with uh, men with diabetes, is that, you know, sometimes it's it's easy to hide from your, for your issues, right? And it's easy to hide from your vulnerabilities. But I think something that I've learned is that once I started to be open with those things and recognize that they're just a part of my life, that you know i clinically have and my outcomes have improved if you want to get technical speak with it but um, my just relationship with my diabetes my relationship with uh, my friends and my girlfriend and my family i think just have improved dramatically just just since i you know realized i didn't have to be perfect and i think you know this is going to sound a little bit ethereal but you know as for me as a male and you know a, a type a kind of athlete guy I chased immortality for a long time before I realized that like time doesn't matter and time is fake, right? Because entire civilizations are just one line in a history book. So for me, after you know, kind of realizing that and realizing my place in this world is, you know, you just have to enjoy every single moment uh, with your friends and your family because that's all you're promised. And so by staying present in those moments and recognizing that this thing in front of you like you know changing your perspective of hey it's not monday that i have to go to work or, or that i have to do this or that i get to do these things and i can really enjoy them if i just stay present so that didn't happen overnight i certainly uh, went to therapy for a few years and then over the last year and a half or so i've really gotten into meditation so headspace is a thing that i am not uh, i'm plugging products that i don't rep uh, i i pay for it i love it i do it i I love whole. I love it. I love Headspace. It's, it's, it's like one of the most delightful things that I've discovered, uh, you know, in a phone, right? It's on your phone. It's just 10 minutes a day makes a huge difference and can just like teach you things that you already know how to do, like breathe and sit and just wait for 10 minutes. And I don't know, just the impact it's had on me and my life and my relationship with diabetes has been uh, tremendous. And I'd recommend it to anybody. It's not easy, but... Uh, if you commit to doing things that are good for you, I think the the benefits always outweigh the kind of inconveniences or struggles at the beginning. Retweet. And for anyone who's listening that's like, I really don't have the time to sit down and meditate, There, there's a million different... Headspace is great because you can do it for five minutes, you can do it for three minutes, you can do it for 20 minutes. It's amazing. And there's also, Rob, I don't know if you know about this other app called Simple Habit, but it'll literally literally send you reminders to meditate for three minutes this morning, 10 minutes tomorrow morning. It's a great app, and it also has a whole library and arsenal of um, guided meditation. So I highly recommend it, and it's free. I don't know if I just said that, but that's my favorite price. Whoa, free. I love it. I know. That's Yeah, that's my favorite price, too. Anytime I can get free, I'm going to take it. I know, right? Retweet. Here for it. Um, and I think, I think, too, you know, taking 10 minutes, it seems difficult, but... You know, again, if you don't have 10 minutes to put into yourself to, um, you know, improve your mental well-being and to invest in your happiness, 
then you might just need to reshift some priorities around. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the hardest Hard uh, realization. Hot right? takes from Rob Howell, ladies and gentlemen. Hot takes. Uh, you know, hold yourself accountable for, you know, doing things that are good for you. Or start off with a three-minute meditation from Headspace and realize how amazing it is and how much you need to, or you might want to incorporate it. If you need to be... You need to be wined and dined a little bit before you commit to something like that. That's also totally oh, understandable. Totally. Date it before date before you commit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel like your girlfriend's listening. Um, anyways, like, yes, always date before you commit. I We're going to get into dating later. I am so ADHD. Now that I think about it, I should be for sure. I you should hit that three minute meditation. I was about to say, I should have meditated before I got on this episode. I should have done that. Um, but well, for, since I'm the co-host, I think I can like move us forward in topics, right? Yes, please that, do. Do I have that power? Help me. Great. Yes. <laughs> Go so, for it. So something that I know was a write-in from the Pancreas Pals Instagram uh, was a question to both of us about how diabetes has impacted us in a positive way. I think all, all of us are aware of the inconveniences and maybe challenges that diabetes has given us. But what about the positives? Let's start with you. Oh my God. I love being co-hosted. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, yeah. Shout out to our listener who sent that in. He's our literally like one of our number ones and I love him. You rocked and never change. But I mean, this might sound like a really obvious answer and there's different tiers to it. But for me, the most positive way, aside from all of the amazing people I've met through having type 1 diabetes that I would have never met otherwise is finding pancreas pals. And I'm sure you can attest to this with diabetics doing things, but totally, I had no idea that I had this in me to produce and create a show weekly that we're on our fourth season that I could, you know, be interviewing people in Africa about, you know, certain diabetic health issues over there, which are rampant. And I'll also put in a link to Marjorie's fun at the end of this. But wow, sorry. I swear I'm not choking up. I'm just coughing. <coughs> if you were, Excuse it'd be okay me. though. I get That's it. That's true. Yes, we're uh, we're all woke here. But it's just it's I had no idea that I had this level of commitment within myself to sit down and really try and make things better for other people because I didn't have this when I was diagnosed and I know from, you know, firsthand that there are so many people all over the world that don't know anyone else who's type 1 diabetic and don't know what that can mean for their future and they're terrified, they're scared, they don't know what's going to happen to them, they think it's a death wish, they think that they can't function in society and that's just not true. Um, It might be true in some parts of the world which is awful and that's a whole different episode but for those listening who are who have access to this podcast that's just not true Um, and that's something that I love about pancreas pals is that i'm able to you know do the show and get write-ins from people in australia and you know all over the world saying that they didn't know anyone else with type one and that just kind of gives you a feeling of fulfillment that i don't necessarily get in any other part of my life and it's also made my you know day job better it's made the way that i um, interact with other people better. It's made me so much more of a patient person. Like, my God, I know anyone who knows me is probably laughing because I'm still not that patient of a human, but I am light years more patient now than I was before because I've realized that everyone's going through something. And absolutely, it's just, it took this, you know, monumental and 
oftentimes, I know we're talking about how it's impacted us in a positive way, but we constantly talk about the negatives. Um, me, I'm the number one guilty human for that, I feel like. But it's it's positive in a sense that it's made me relate to other people so much better. And it's it's given me a passion project. It's given me so many new friends like you, Rob, and just amazing people in JDRF and, you know, fighting for a cause that I truly believe in. So that's my long-winded answer. Back at, I'm going to... I think it's great. And, and I'm going to disappoint our listeners who want us to disagree on something or explore a wide range of topics because mine is very similar. <laughs> two people um, with podcasts you know, here. <laughs> two people with podcasts. We're, we're meeting people all over the place. We're talking. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is I didn't realize how much we all have in common. I mean, we're total strangers and yet... Um, we can meet, you can meet someone with diabetes and instantly have something in common with whether it's overcoming a challenge or you've had similar, face similar circumstances, or we can all relate to, to something. And I think ultimately as humans, we're all trying to find a community. We're all trying to fit in. And I'm just glad that now, unlike, you know, almost 14 years ago when I was diagnosed, there technology has brought us to this place where we're in what I call the T1D renaissance. And, (laughs) you know, we've got, we've got great technology from a treatment perspective. Um, You know, you got people sharing their CGM screenshots all the time. Um, You know, and you know, you can have people following you on apps. You can have uh, CGMs hooked up with pumps. You can have smart pens. You've got all this great technology, but then you also have the technology side on the phone and social media that connects people. So, you know, you're if you're in the sticks of Alaska or if you're in New York City or if you're in Africa, you can just with a few clicks or a few taps on a screen get connected to hundreds and thousands of other people who are dealing with the same thing as you and can be your pals. So, you know, I'm grateful for all the pals that I've met. And I think, you know, the the big thing for me was I had to realize that everyone gets diagnosed twice. You get diagnosed when the doctor tells you that you have type one diabetes and you get diagnosed again when you tell yourself that, Hey, I'm going to be true to myself in spite of this. And I'm going to accept that I have this and what I do with it from there is going to be what, uh, what defines me, not what the doctor told me. Right. So hundred percent. Oh my God. If you could see me right now, listeners, I'm clapping. I'm slow clapping. I love this. (laughs) This How many RTs will this get from Emily? That's going to be my next, that's going to be my goal. Um, but I think really, you know, for me, it was diabetics doing things for you. It was pancreas pals for hundreds of others. It's, you know, either accounts or, um, you know, outreach or walk teams or, um, ideas and creativity or t-shirts or products or whatever the case is. And I think that acceptance is what fuels those things. And I think so, you know, you diabetes teaches you a lot about yourself and, it's so cool to see how many people rise above. So the big thing for me that I'm trying to check off on the list is how do we find that silent majority of people living with type one who don't know about the community, who uh, aren't as concerned with their health, who, um, you know, just feel, feel alone and don't know where to go. And I think that's the, that's the big challenge for me. That's what keeps me up at night. But what fills my cup is when I see people who are impacted positively by things that other people with diabetes are doing, like with pancreas pals, like with diabetics doing things like with anything else. Uh, and I know that there, it gives me more hope for people who are diagnosed every day, uh, that there's uh, that there's good news on the horizon for them after they overcome that diagnosis. A hundred percent. 
And I think that is a valid fear to keep you up at night, that there are people that are out there that don't know about it or that are ignoring it. And, you know, it's a serious thing, but you specifically, Rob, and I know this wasn't on our agenda today, so try not to murder me, but Uh um, you, you are very big with outreach. You go and speak on panels. You are very much a human on, I got to stop saying human, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're very much present on Instagram and you are very, you know, involved. So what, do you have anything down the pipeline or did you, you just came back from something, correct? That- um, I, it's, you know, it's hard to say. I'll, I'll back up a little bit because yes, I am a person on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but at the beginning of this year, at the end of last year, I was trying to decide, okay, okay, Rob, like we've got this podcast, we've got this Instagram, but the mission was not to get a bunch of downloads or get a bunch of Instagram followers. It was to help one person. And I felt like whenever I was interacting face to face, I was able to have a bigger impact than even in some like one-on-one conversations on Instagram or on the podcast. So I decided, okay, I want to interact face to face with the community as much as I can. So, you know, throughout that process, I've just been shaking trees and knocking down doors and uh you're a politician i I am i'm I'm kissing babies shaking hands (laughs) and uh yeah i've been very fortunate to have support from jdrf um and medtronic diabetes to kind of take me around the country this year i'm actually leaving on wednesday we're recording this on sunday um I'm leaving on Wednesday to go to Switzerland. So diabetes is taking me overseas for the first time. That uh, is so cool. So, you know, it's been super fun. And I think that's just one of those things where I decided, like, if I'm going to have a big impact, which is what I want, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And there's been some trips where I'm like, you know what? I'm really tired. This is, uh, you know, a thing that, you know, I could say, you know, I was flying a red eye from L.A. to Baltimore. And then I had this uh, talk the next morning. And I had worked all week and I had shot videos all week. And I was like, wow, you know, it would be easy to complain about this, but this is what I wanted. And this is, you know, the life I designed for myself was to have advocacy be a big part of what I do and what I live for, because that's what makes me the most happy. And I think that was a conversation. If we don't go way back to the origins of why I started diabetics doing things, I was in a hotel room in Columbia. Um, I was on a work exchange for two weeks and I couldn't leave my hotel because um, I didn't speak Spanish and I stick out like a sore thumb because I'm like 6'6". Six, six I was about know, to say, you do have a big impact yeah. because anyone who's ever met Rob, I met him for the first time in New York a few months ago with Libby Russell. Hey, Libby, if you're listening, what's up? And boy, you are huge. Yeah, I'm a giant person. Um, like he couldn't fit his legs under the coffee table. Okay, I digress. Continue. But all that to say, like I couldn't leave so without my translator and he had a life. So, you know, every night for two weeks, he couldn't just hang out with me. So I had a lot of time to like think and get a little bit of space and kind of try to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, like typical mid-20s millennial. And <laughs> so I, I I was like, my I remembered something my dad told me when I was like 17 and I was trying to find something to volunteer for like National Honor Society or one of those other high school societies that you have to like do community service for. And he's like, you know what, man, you're always happiest when you're helping people. And so I remembered that when... You know, I was sitting there and that has proven to be true over and over. So, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do more, more things where I can help more people because that's what fills me up at the end of the day. Sometimes some days like it's 930 on Sunday morning right now. 
Uh, I would not get up to do a podcast interview for marketing at this time. Um, I, I have done <laughs> Sorry. Di- diabetes podcasts late at night after long weeks, after long days, and they every single one of them uh, leaves me feeling better than when I started. So that is a selfish reason to do it for me, but I think ultimately uh, it fills my cup and I'm just going to keep doing as much as I can. And. I feel truly blessed that you woke up early. For everyone who's listening, I'm in New York, so I made him wake up an hour earlier than me. Um, But I am headed to another fashion show right after this. So we clearly, we want our pals and our listeners of diabetics doing things to to know that we put you guys first sometimes, and it's worth it for us. And if you think diabetes don't sleep, fashion don't sleep. Try having both. Wow. I know. I just don't sleep, guys. It's great. It's healthy. Rocks back and forth. Anyways, don't worry. Um, I want to lead us into our next topic, which I think we should preface a little bit by saying that um, this is not always true, but this is something Rob wanted to talk about and I agree with. I can't. I'm horrible at introing this right now. But just because we all have type 1 doesn't diabetes doesn't mean that we have to be friends and I want to hear your hot take on this Rob yeah so I think this is and I really want to come off in an a empathetic way with this so (laughs) sorry I think that we you know as the type 1 diabetes community which is rather large um, you know to a certain extent we we all have that one thing in common type 1 diabetes that doesn't mean that we have anything else in common and I think, you know, there have been interactions and um, I've talked to people who are very active in the community and they feel a little bit anxious uh, if they don't have something in common or they can't relate to someone or they maybe disagree with them fundamentally on every possible way except diabetes. And even in diabetes, I think that there are ways that, uh, you know, there are people who are a little bit more rigid in their control and it's my way or the highway and it's kind of like this dealing with absolutes kind of scenario. And I just would say, you know, just because someone has diabetes uh, doesn't mean that you have anything else in common with them. And and it's okay (laughs) to disagree. And it's okay to say, you know what, I'm here for you as a diabetes community member, but, you know, also we don't have anything else in common. So let's like, you know, be adults here and say, let's not try to force this and make ourselves unhappy. So I think that's where... And this necessarily hasn't specifically happened to me, but I was thinking about it, you know, like I was like, okay, well, what what are the things that would make me like really not like someone who I was trying to help with diabetes? And I thought of just like four or five things that most of which like Kanye West did last week. But uh, um, uh, you're getting another retweet from me yeah. over here. Continue. So anyone who wanted us to disagree on things, I'm sorry, but this episode yeah, is just not. We're here to. Rob and I are too in sync for that. Sorry, pals. Yeah. Anyways. We're very in sync. Um, we're like 1997 Justin Timberlake. We're so in sync. Um, Shut up. I made that. Oh my God. I'm dying. I made that um, that reference two weeks ago wow. when Ali. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyways, guys, I swear to God, let me find the episode. Continue, Rob. So yeah. I need, uh, to, I need to plug it. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> be, you know, I think the diabetes community needs more positivity, doesn't need negativity. But I just wanted to, to say this to, to anyone who's out there and saying, hey, you know what? I have this friend through diabetes and I cannot relate to them on anything else or I don't, uh, I feel anxious about how I feel about some of the other things that they do. Uh, I would say, you know, take a deep breath, let it, let yourself go. 
uh, or, and let that situation go and don't try to control it. Um, and, you know, just kind of let things be. I, I find that if friendships are true, sometimes you give a little bit of space and they usually come around. And if they don't, well, then you're both better off for it. Yes, I agree. And um, I think it's also worth noting that there's also people out there that don't really want diabetic friends and that's also completely fine um I've been on the other end of that trying to I was out one I think I mentioned this a while back but I was out one night and in New York and I saw a guy with a freestyle libre on his arm and I was like hey what's up I'm also a type 1 diabetic and he was like so and I was like, dang, New York is savage. Well, yeah, I, he he's like, he was a student. We ended up talking more because I was like, dude, you don't have to be a jerk about it. We don't have, I, I mean, it was me. So obviously I truly did say all of these things because uh, he kind of went a little deeper. He was like, so, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm just saying I'm, I'm also like, I, I just feel your pain. I, I was just going to ask you about the Libre because I had the Dexcom, but jokes. Okay. never mind. He was like, I don't care. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> woof okay sorry also it's like 11 o'clock in the lower east side like everybody just trying to go out and have a good time bro and we ended up at the same bar and his friend was like i'm sorry like he's he's just in a mood and um he started talking to me he's like people always ask me a lot of questions about it and i'm just not comfortable answering those questions and i'm like dude totally fine to each their own it didn't mean to uh tap into some uh some insecurities here just live your best life, no worries. And, like, I truly meant it, and I wasn't trying to yeah. upset him in any way. I did not leave that interaction feeling like, oh, my God, why didn't he want to be my friend? Like, no, that's not how I felt. I understood. But, but also, if that type of person is listening to this podcast, like, it is totally okay to be that yeah, way. Yeah, 100%, and I like, understood can, that, too. Because I'll, I'll confess, I have lied about what my sensor is before because I just didn't feel like talking about it. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to quit smoking because I have, like, the sim patch. You can't really see my guardian <laughs> sensor. So just like, oh, yeah, you know, just trying to quit. Sometimes you uh, just oof. aren't in the mood to educate, and that's completely fine. That's not your job. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob and I might have undertaken this because we it's something that we feel strongly about. I shouldn't be talking to, for you, Rob. Sorry. But, I mean, for me, it's like I definitely do want to educate, but sometimes – you're just going home after a like 10 hour fashion show day where it's just like you need to not talk about it and that's also completely fine so or they yeah and i think for for me i i remember when i was you know kind of first diagnosed and didn't you know was still a little bit bristly when it came to because you know i wasn't as comfortable being vulnerable about something that was you know wrong with me and i felt less than and it made me angry so, yeah, I, I totally get, like, people going through those kind of cycles of grief type of things. And, you know, I think you should just, you know, be how you feel. If you, and, but if you run into somebody who's also type 1 diabetic, the first guy I ever met in the wild, first ever <laughs> T1D in the wild was this, like, crazy surfer dude. I think I told this – I may have told this story on the first podcast. But yeah, like, season 2, episode was, 5. Yeah. Go listen to Rob. You can hear his diagnosis stories and us uh, chatting. Continue. Yeah, and I think he, you know, he just saw my pump tubing like you do and uh, came up to me and talked to me about it. And I was like, wow, that was so weird. Like, and I never saw him again, but now I do that all the time. So I think you never know what type of impact it'll have. If you just see a person uh, with a device that you recognize, uh, talk to them. Just uh, because if you don't, you'll always regret. You never know. That could have been your best friend. It, it could yeah. be your new pal. 
Exactly. We're always looking for pals. And if you're not, that's totally fine. Might not be your time. Um, but I think that we might start wrapping up in a second, Rob. And so we were going to talk about dating questions um, that we got from you pals, but that might have to just be another episode. Oh no, you're gonna you're gonna tease it out and then I'm, cancel it. Get, you gotta get one. We'll do it quick. Wait, what? Give me give me one dating question. We'll do it quick. Oh, okay, let me bring it up. Hold on. These well, are the re- these are the hot write-ins, guys. These are straight oh, from you. I'm dead. Please hold. There's just like, I completely understand dating with diabetes is like such a struggle for a lot of our listeners because or maybe they're just nervous about it or anything like that but I gotta say our most listened episodes are anything that have to do with dating with diabetes guys and I feel like we should just start having like another whole side podcast about it (laughs) just like oh man that's where we're at right now um let me bring it up well I think our number one question is something from the men's perspective for the dudes out there that have type one um like how i mean this is always number one question how early do you bring it up when you're dating someone so which I think I, differs based on the people but continue of course i think um so when i was dating my go-to dating thing is dinner so you know that's always a fun <laughs> I, you know i don't know if that's uh, super off off the wall out of left field but i would go to dinner with people and what a gentleman. I know. Wow. Um, and so that is a, you know, pretty easy icebreaker, I think, because, you know, you either have to test your blood sugar. I didn't have a CGM at the time. So um, test blood sugar. You know, I had a pump, dial it up, give injections. So it weeds out the negative people. It does. My, yeah. So I, in I, my history. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, you I, obviously I'll, I won't spoil your story, but you should share. But I think it, for me, I always looked at it like, well, if this person who I've just met can't get over this now then they're surely not going to warm up to it later and it'll just save me a bunch of time so um it's like (laughs) this is gonna sound really stupid it's like you check your blood sugar and if they don't like it check please just check twice (laughs) you know what i mean um yep and yeah again like let it go If if it's not meant to be don't force it like if they're mean to you about your diabetes like that's their loss just keep it moving you're already dealing with enough with a chronic illness. You don't need a partner who's making you self-conscious about it. Yeah, because there That's... are hundreds of thousands of thousands of great partners out there who would uh, support Easier you. Easier to say because you're in Texas and not in bustling metropolis of Manhattan. But yes. Um... You're just having your Carrie Bradshaw like single in New York phase. There's something like romantic and charming about it. So just embrace it. Oh, no. Yes, I've embraced it. And uh, hopefully none of the guys I've dated are listening. But um, my no, story. No, hopefully they specifically, are. <laughs> I mean, honestly, let's not go into that right now. Um, but I just my one horror story that happened fairly recently that's gotten me really down on dating with diabetes in the past few weeks is I was out on a first date with a guy and um, like there had been a lot of build up to the state and he kept trying to like schedule and I was just super busy with work and then he was super busy with work, whatever. So I was already kind of like meh about this. Like I'd rather be at home in my bed. Um, but we met up for the state and I actually had a low blood sugar and I went to go like discreetly turn down my insulin levels. Cause it's not something I do bring up my diabetes early on because obviously I have this podcast. It's a huge part of my life. I'm on the exec board for JDRF's YLC and I'm like, 
I feel like I've turned into the face of diabetes, but alas, whatevs. So it's something I do bring up, but it's not like I introduce myself, hi, I'm Emily and I'm a type 1 diabetic. Like, no, like that's, you know, I get to know about someone a little bit first and then slowly bring things up. But um, I turned down my insulin. He was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, I'm actually type 1 diabetic. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, do you have to check your your do you have to do that pricky thing? Do you have to check your blood sugar? And I was like, what? (laughs) And he was like freaking out. He was like, don't do it. Don't do it. I was like, excuse me. He was like, don't don't prick yourself. Like there's it's so dirty in New York and like you could like catch something. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, dude, I get it. If you have like a little bit of issues with cleanliness, that's like one thing. But never tell a type one diabetic not to or any diabetic not to check their blood sugar. I was I literally was like, check, please. Like. SOS get me out of here but that was kind of like it was such a bizarre experience to me um also because if you do any digging before any of our dates you would see on Instagram that I have a diabetes podcast you have a successful diabetes podcast and community (laughs) and you're you know very active it's like it's not like I hide it in any way shape or form it's like to your homework bro but still it doesn't matter his reaction was such a turnoff for me and it's kind of like haunted me a little bit and I know I'm a big proponent of like letting things slide off and just like roll off your shoulders and whatever but for some reason, that one stuck with me for a minute, and it's okay. I'm still dating. I'm still out there. I mean, it is what it is, but it was a little bit of a setback for me. I'm going to be real with you guys, with, with our pals. I was like, what is happening to the dating pool right now? But then I realized it's probably just the guys that asked me on dates. So <laughs> that could be a whole separate episode. But we'll alas. dig into that in season four, or is this is it already season four? This is four? season four, season okay, five. Season five, maybe. season five. Yeah, we'll yeah. do like a ten episode, like making a murderer, but like for oh dating. My... <laughs> Love how you liken dating to making a murderer. Well, you um, know, true crime dating, it's all the same. It you know basically is it uh, ends in tears sometimes. So yeah. Anyways, on the positive, or it ends in really happiness. But I don't really know a lot of murders that end in happiness. So. That's true. Bummer. Oh, well, maybe one day, question mark. Oh, my God. Anyways, Rob, this has been a laugh as it always is. You're so insightful. Such an amazing person. Um, find him on Instagram at robhowe21. Yes. That's me, robhowe21. Then- uh, Emily, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I love Pancreas Pals. Uh, I love my pals that I met from the last time I was on. Uh, it was so great to meet you in person when I was in New York and have coffee together. Get coffee with your internet diabetes friends. I promise you it will be like the highlight of your week, month, whatever. Um, and I cannot wait to uh, collaborate with Pancreas Pals more and more in the future. And I'm sure, you know, in 2019, we've got big things coming. So uh, looking forward to hearing this episode and more from you guys uh, as uh, Pancreas Pals continues to grow and evolve. Ugh, truly blessed to have you, Rob. Um, find his podcast on Instagram at Diabetics Doing Things as well. And find us on Instagram at Pancreas underscore pals and on Facebook at Pancreas Pals PP. And just another have an amazing week, guys. And thank you so much, Rob. You're so sweet. Oh, thank um, you. And back at you. You uh, love everything that you do for the community. And uh, you're just doing a fantastic job. 
you that means a lot coming from you because you are as well and you're one of the ogs for doing such a fab job in the community so now that i have rambled my way through this episode i am off to another fashion show um which if you want to see like i guess i'll give myself a little personal plug if you want to see um all the amazing dresses and you're not going to be overwhelmed by the amount of content i'm putting out there this week then head to my personal account, which is Emily K. Goldman, and head to where I work, which is at Bridal Guide. Um, it's a fabulous bridal magazine, and occasionally you'll see me, well, you'll see me either in the stories by accident or in real life, um, and <laughs> you'll see me online as well, writing a ton. Um, and, and pals who are guys out there, you know, if you want to be able to speak confidently about wedding fashion, uh, either now <laughs> or in the future, this is a can't miss for you, so I'm uh, dead. get on it. Oh, also, my worlds collided a little bit because we had um, Carrie Lane. Anyone who knows her, she's at official Carrie Lane on Instagram. She's a singer, a curve model, and also a type 1 diabetic. She wrote, she's getting married, and I was like, oh my god, let's do a little something on dealing with chronic illness in marriage and, like, planning a wedding. And she wrote an amazing article, which I'm going to link to as well, on Pinker's Pals. So I was like, this is every part of my life. It's bridal, it's diabetes, it's Instagram, it's a lot. Um, so would recommend. Anyways, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it on that note. Thank you so much, Rob. Oh, thank you, Emily. Have a great week, guys.